You're listening to the Best I've Ever Read podcast, the podcast where we discuss the best and not so best books we've ever read. We're your hosts, Liv and Kim. Hello and welcome back to Best I've Ever Read podcast. Hello, it's your hosts, Kim and Liv. Liv and Kim. (laughs) We are back for another week. Yes, back with another book for you guys to discuss. One of the best books we've ever read. Truly one of the best books we've ever read. Before we get to that, how has your week been? It's been good. I did something new this week that I've never done before. I went to a football game. Oh! Uh, and that's football as in like soccer for North American people. That's mostly. fun. Yeah. So I am not actually most, I'm not much of a sports person, but I'm living in Sevilla, Spain, if anyone missed you it. Are. Yes, you are. <laughs> and they have two football teams here. Uh, one is Be- Betis and the other one is Sevilla or Seville. And apparently they have like the biggest rivalry in football, like oh my God. in football. Wow. Apparently. So, so I saw it a few days ago and okay. it was, yeah, it was really good. Like they ended up losing. However, I got to see how a whole game goes with like penalties and like what happens when the game ties. Yeah. I had no clue how like football worked or sports and it's very <laughs> interesting people are like very passionate here especially in Spain like each team has their own um anthem so oh my everyone God. is like singing the anthem and like they're all like holding these flags up do the like, different oh, that's teams? what they're for do they sit on different sides of the arena there was no one on the other team that was supporting the other team there Oh, like literally, like it was not like a hockey game where, well, maybe in other games, like maybe just not the one I was at. Yeah. But I was at like the home game of Betis mm-hmm. and it was just their colors are green and white and the whole field is green and white. I didn't see anyone from the other team. They were playing. Uh, I'm just going to Google it quickly. Os- Osasuna. Oh, OK. Sorry, I misheard you. I thought that they were playing their rival. Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. They weren't playing their rival Sevilla. Um, Apparently, that's like a crazy game. But they were playing, yeah, Betis versus Osasuna, which is, I guess, also from Spain, but Madrid area. Okay. So it was a crazy game um, because I thought Betis was going to win. And then in like, they have like extra time at the very end of the game for like injuries, penalties type of thing. And the other team scored. So then it had to go into like overtime or whatever they call it. And then penalties. I'm not sure how it really works still, but it was really interesting to see in real life and how passionate people get about soccer or sorry, football here. So yeah, that was what I did this week. Very fun. Yeah. So this week... I mostly just got schoolwork done and stuff. But on the weekend, my best friend's boyfriend, she's from Toronto. He lives in Toronto. And we're in mm-hmm. Kingston, which is about three hour, three hour drive from Toronto with traffic. And yeah. he was in town for the weekend. And so we went out for dinner with them. We went to Diane's Fish Shack. Shout out Diane's Fish Shack. I had a fish, fish sandwich. Mm-hmm. It was very good. And a margarita. The margarita was not so good, but... <laughs> The fish sandwich made up for it. And then we just came over. I had everyone to my apartment and it was just me and my partner and my two friends, Jonathan and Jamie. And we played Catan. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. Yeah. I want to play Catan. I've never played Catan. It's the best. It's my favorite game. It's one of my favorite games. Um, it was, it was one of, it was Jamie's first time playing and Jonathan had, Jonathan had played a few times and then Taylor has played a few times with me. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was really fun. And then what else did I do? Ooh. Went to the dog park mm-hmm. with Remy. With Remy. Aww. And oh, crocheted cool. a lot, as always. I need to learn how to crochet. I'm just, every time I see your B reels. <laughs> oh my God, my B reel every day is just me crocheting. I swear I do. Like, yeah. That's, I, like, that's like me. I, every time my B reel goes off, I'm like in the same hoodie, in the same I spot. Know. I'm like, I, I swear know. I'm like doing stuff, okay? <laughs> 
<laughs> sometimes I like save a be real if I know I'm gonna be do something fun later, which I know isn't yeah real of me, but it's more for like at the end of the year, I want to see what I actually did that day, not like me sitting on the couch. Yeah, <laughs> no, I I used to like take, especially when I was working at home every single day. I was mm-hmm. like, no, if I'm, I'm gonna have a fun plan. I, I get the point, but when I look back on this, I'm gonna be like, cool. I worked at, I sat in this exact spot for 365 days of the year. No, but I actually did something cool at night. Like, no. So I get it. Yeah, sometimes you have to be a bit outside. That's yeah, okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I did start crocheting recently I started last year I like learned how to do it um a friend taught me and then I never finished that project and so I took all the yarn apart and it was it wasn't expensive yarn like I just took all the yarn apart and then I redid I made a sweater for Remy for my dog Remy Mm -hmm. and then I recently just started making a balaclava for Taylor my partner but then I it wasn't fitting his head correctly it was just like not a good pattern and like I didn't take any measurements and then he'll leave and then I'll crochet and then he'll come back and I'll put it on his head and I'm like that doesn't fit so I took it all apart and I started over like I had been crocheting for like a week and I was probably almost done it and then I took it all apart and I'm starting again I just need it to be good yeah and like if it doesn't fit then that's like well if you're not gonna wear it because it doesn't fit then yeah it just like like it would have fit but it wouldn't have looked good so I I see him yeah I I mean your skill you're gonna get faster and faster each time Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. I get better every time and then I uh I also just started re-watching Sex in the City which oh don't come for me I know it's it's whatever there's it's problematic it's a show from the 90s like yeah it's so good though I've never I've actually never watched Sex in the City oh I think I should watch it good it's so good I watched it so I watched the movie as like a teenager I think mm-hmm. or a, like in maybe in university and I loved the movie and I watched both movies and then my mom was like you should just watch you should watch the show like the show is amazing because it was like definitely a show that my mom watched when she was probably yeah. in her like early 30s late 20s whenever it came out and back when we had dvd players in our laptops yeah remember that I think mine does still actually no, no way oh shit no it doesn't oh that's like so old I know I was like no maybe I have to replace this I got box sets of like the seasons Mm -hmm. for Christmas one year I think I got like four of the six seasons and then I just like bought the two extra seasons and that used to be my show when I was an undergrad so I've seen it mm -hmm. and then we watched Taylor and I watched the movie over the weekend we were just like we play a little game and we put a movie on in the background and so we were we were doing that and the movie was on and then I was like I want to rewatch the show so I started it last night and I sat on the couch and I crocheted while I watched Sex in the City and it was really great oh I love that that's so nice I I do need a show to watch like mm. I was watching well I was watching White Lotus because oh was, my like, god big show and now I can't access Crave I was we were able to access Crave oh. for the first day we were here and then now they realized I'm in Spain I think I need a new VPN different VPN yeah maybe. if anyone has any VPN. tips let me know um one they're I getting know. too good now but it is Sex and the City is on Crave because it's HBO so right okay yeah. get onto your Crave and mm-hmm. it's good it's quick 20-25 minute episodes yes and I love that I think like the last show show like that I watched that's like short episodes um, I don't know actually is Grey's Anatomy even short like I don't know that was my that was my undergrad show like oh I that was watched... also my undergrad show <laughs> yeah like I binged that show oh okay friends as well mine was like yeah and Gilmore yeah, Girls sorry oh Gilmore Girls those were my okay, undergrad I loved Gilmore Girls when I, I was like I would watch that on like the woman's network <laughs> like on cable <laughs> But I never watched it in order, so I actually don't really know what, oh, what it's happens. Crazy. It's on Netflix. I know. I, maybe that could be my next show because, it's... yeah, I've always, I've watched so many episodes, but like never combined them together. So I don't really know yeah. the plot. That's fair. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I've watched a lot of cooking shows recently. Like there's so many, oh my gosh, this actually, re- 
okay, this one's not a cooking show, but there's this ridiculous show. I don't even remember what it's called, but they make these people, it's on Netflix. They make these people stay up for 24 hours. They have to count quarters for like 12 hours or no, 24 hours. They're, they count quarters like, and then they have to, by the end of this time frame. I think they give them like 12 hours to count straight. I think they feed you and stuff, but they have to count these quarters and then at the end they have like to coins? remember like quarters? yes quarters like coins and then at the very end they have to remember how much they counted like there's no paper you can't write down or tally or like keep track you have what to is remember in your head so the show i'm talking about is called awake the million dollar game it's on netflix hey it's so ridiculous like but it's so funny because it's these people actually have not slept so these people, the first task they do is they like get these, maybe I think it's like 10 people to count quarters. So they have to do like one, two, three, four dollars, like, and they have to add it up at the very end and then remember how many quarters in the dollar amount they counted. So let's say I counted $12,000 in quarters. They have to remember that. So then the second part of the show is they're still awake from this after they've counted all these quarters. And they have to now perform weird tasks. Like one of them, they had to hold like these, what's it called? Like stacks of quarters on a spatula and then just put them in a bowl. But mind you, these people haven't slept all night and they've been up for 24 hours. So they're like sleep deprived and you can see them like falling asleep. And you know, when like they do reality TV shows or whatever kind of show like that, they have like interviews where they're like, okay, what did you think about this task? And like, these people are like, like, they're so tired. And it's just so it's actually really funny. Weird. But I'm like, this is, uh, this is unethical. Like, it you guys are unethical. like, yeah, they're like sleep depriving people. And it's kind of funny, because they say like, 20% of people or like 80% of people can do this task in this amount of time with a full night's rest. And then, but if you're sleep deprived, you can't do this task. So it's these weird tasks where you have to like, one of them was like threading a, um, a thread through a bunch of needles, oh. being sleep deprived. Another one of them was like turning off alarm clocks when you're blindfolded, like just ridiculous stuff. Oh my God. But I've been having fun watching that show. Yeah, and then also like those cooking shows that are kind of like chopped or like where they have to do timed cooking things cooking competitions so I just love those shows but I do need a show with like substance with <laughs> like with a storyline or something storyline yeah but I'm really bad at watching tv also like I fall asleep a lot watching tv mm. but reading unless I'm really tired or before bed I fall asleep but reading I, I stay awake yeah I guess that's why I, I get read so many books um I'm also like that with with shows sometimes I have a hard time getting into a new show Okay, Kim, what have you been reading this week? Okay, so I finished The Night Swim recently by oh. Megan Golden. Is it a thriller? Um, it is a thriller. Okay. It's weird. I used to like when I started reading again, I was like really into thrillers, but now I'm kind of not as like interested in thrillers anymore. But I wanted to read The Night Swim because I got sent in a sent an e book of the next book in the series so this is actually going to be a thriller series I believe by oh, okay. Golden. and I thought it was really interesting because the night swim is about a the main character is actually a podcaster <laughs> so oh. she has a true crime podcast where she like recaps I guess true crime and stuff that is like unresolved or maybe there's a different story or, or wrongfully convicted person so that's kind of the idea I was getting from her type of podcast which is funny because I read the acknowledgments and like the Q&A at the back of the book when I was done the night swim and she got the idea from Serial so you know that oh yeah podcast Serial it's like the OG podcast yeah. Adnan Adnan Saeed Adnan Saeed yes the I haven't listened to the new season but it's on my list of oh like the the follow-up yeah there's a new season of Serial and it's a follow-up um oh, I don't know oh, okay about it. I don't know what happened. I did I did listen to it and I feel like it was really brief a little too oh brief. was it yeah like okay. I yeah but 
it's worth a listen because spoiler if you haven't watched if you haven't listened to serial from like 2014 um wow. adnan <laughs> syed actually has been released from prison now right so um but apparently there's a lot of controversy with the podcast which I didn't know Mm. and there's another podcast that I listened to I see IMY in case you missed it like it's like oh yeah okay and they talk about like the controversy with serial and that podcast before so I didn't even know at the time I'll send it to you it's really it's actually really interesting and they actually explain kind of like the other stuff that went on with that trial but yeah the night swim is essentially about this podcaster that goes to this small town because there is like a rape case that is going to trial and it's really controversial because it's in a small town and the woman or the victim is unnamed because of course to protect her identity but in the town they all know who it is and the accused is um an all-star swimmer and and whatnot and there's a bit of like a conflict because people don't really believe that someone who you know has this high status and is such a high achiever could do that to someone okay Um, feels like this is a case that actually happened yeah, in sounds, life. yeah similar similar one but also within the story there's like a woman who is like coming out of the woodwork her name's hannah and her older sister about 20 years ago also went through a, a similar case but she ended up dead so she died and the town alleges that she just drowned and it also happened at the same time as another passing of like two prolific people in the town that were really popular two popular men in the town so it's weird because it's like a dual point of view where there's two different people telling the story but it's also dual timeline so okay I don't know it was okay like it was an okay book and it was a little hard to follow because you're following two different cases that kind of come together at the end but it wasn't really like (gasps) Like, it wasn't a thriller where, like, there was twists and turns. It was just kind of like, okay, they're discussing, like, a topic that is pretty controversial. And it was good because it was showing that, like, a lot of victims and sexual assault cases, like, aren't really believed. And there's a lot of victim blaming with that. So it was good in that sense, but it wasn't necessarily a good book. Okay. But the second book that's coming out, uh, which I forget right now what it's called that one sounds a bit more interesting so I'm excited to read that one but it's coming out in like summer June 2023 okay what it's called I have it here I got a 4.1 on Goodreads yeah it was a nominee for best mystery and thriller oh really yeah Um, yeah it was pretty like it was okay it's like well written I do like the author I read another book by her called stay awake um, and I really like that one, but this one I didn't think was as good. But the next book, uh, uh, or I guess the sequel to The Night Swim, or the second book in the series, is called Dark Corners, and it's coming out June 2023. Okay, so stay tuned. I will read it soon because it's on my <laughs> to read. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited for that one because it's like a missing persons case. I think I I don't know. I don't really like reading like thrillers that are like around sexual assault cases. It seems. Well. Yeah, it's a hard topic to read about. Yeah, it's a weird so, one to like make a fictional case about. Yeah, like I, I felt weird reading it because yeah. like it was good storyline to kind of just raise awareness. I feel like this was a big thing in the media when the book came out. Right. I believe the book came out in 2020 or a few years before, kind of when this was like really big in the media. So definitely for the time, it was really good. But I think now with all of the discourse we have out and like so much nonfiction that you can actually read about this stuff. Mm-hmm. How um, about you? What are you reading? Yeah, I have a book out from the library right now. It is called Butter Honey Pig Bread. I actually have okay. not started it yet, but I am starting it today. It's my next book. It'll be my fifth book of January. I have that was my book goal was five. I should I should finish it by the end of January. It's the 24th right now. So I think that six days mm-hmm. is lots of time. I saw this on a friend's Instagram. 
they read quite a bit. They don't like post a lot about their reading, but they posted a story at the end of 2022 and said, these were my top five books of the year. I read another one that they had recommended that was A School for Good Mothers. Oh, okay. Which I really liked. It was good. And then this is another one that they had on their list. And I don't know if I put down any other ones from that top five. Because I looked Mm -hmm. at the Goodreads and I looked at the synopses and stuff. But this one looks really good. It won the Globe and Mail Best Book. And it was longlisted for the Scotiabank Giller Prize. So definitely some good stuff there. I think it was pretty highly rated on Goodreads. Butter, honey, pig, I've heard good things. I actually don't even know what this one's about. So it's 4.34 stars on Goodreads. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, ratings so not a ton of ratings that's like really high though yeah it's it's written by Francesca Equiasi and she is Nigerian Mm -hmm. it says it's an intergenerational tale of choices and their consequences and I think there is some queer characters in the book as well I'm really excited to start it oh I'm excited to hear your thoughts on that one because I keep seeing that one everywhere oh do you things you yeah, are that one more connected to the book community than I am. <laughs> I feel I, like my book anytime too. I see a title that's like everywhere on my Instagram, my book Instagram, I'm like, yes, that yeah. is a good book. Yeah. Actually, some are bad because I did read bad. a bad book recently. So some are bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have a book lined up? Uh oh. Well, I guess because you just I finished Sally Rooney. Yeah, I just finished um a sally rooney beautiful world where are you um but i am starting the idiot soon oh yeah that's my next book yes so i'm really excited to read that one because that could be a book we talk about soon because i know that one for sure is super popular um i just love when books are set in the 90s Mm -hmm. or set before social media because i'm like ooh, this is how life could be right i know like emailing people i would love to email my friends well and okay and i guess i'll make one point about beautiful world where are you that i thought was interesting the two friends alice and eileen they email each other but it's like set in the present time i'm like okay but then I was when I was reading it, I'm like, that's kind of pretentious. Like, you guys don't text each other or like WhatsApp or Facebook message. Like, I, I don't know. It just seemed weird to be in a book. Well, especially with the context. But then I was thinking, I'm like, why wouldn't we email our friends? Like, sometimes when I'm talking to someone I haven't like spoken to in a while, I'll send them like big blurbs through text or messenger or whatever. And then I'm like, it's actually nice when you send an email or like a postcard or something and just have a few days to respond you have some time between it's kind of nice so let's go back to email go back to email or better better yet let's just physical mail oh my gosh I love I just sent my dad his birthday card and I have stamps I actually only have one stamp I need to go buy more stamps but I always have stamps at home so that I can and I mean mostly birthday cards it's really the only yes thing I but I like to have a little book of stamps it's fun that's that's actually a good idea because I I used to collect stamps as a kid oh that's fun I used to cut out every stamp that we'd get in the mail but it was funny because especially in Canada I feel like there's always like the one standard st- probably in every other country there's also the, that one stamp standard stamp that they always have every yeah. season or every year so I would just have the same, a lot a of the same of stamps. stamps. But it. I wish I still had them because they're they're different now. Yeah. Like the stamps are completely different and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had stamps from like Australia because my cousin gave me a bunch and they're from like, oh, but now I probably got rid of it. But it's so cool. I love stamps. My boyfriend actually got, when he was cleaning out his office, he found like this, it's cute. It's like a little, I wish I had it. It's obviously not here with us but mm. it's the you know this mailer things in Canada how it's like that red thing with the slot like they always look the same the mailbox like go- yeah yeah okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally the mailbox yes where you slide in the it's a mini one and it's a stamp dispenser oh like you put the roll of stamps in and you can just like dispense it and it's like in the shape of a Canadian mailbox it's so cute that's really cute and he opened it and the stamps are from like the early 2000s so that's obviously been in that office for a long ass time but 
I was like, that is so cute. I wish I had it, but it's at home. I don't need it right uh, now, I guess. No, you don't need it. No. <laughs> yeah. The you stamps. just refill it. Or the oh yeah, I guess the stamp. Yeah. Like can you I do they lose value? Because like they're worth money. Yeah, good question. They're worth a certain amount of cents or whatever. You would just have I to just like more of them or something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe when I get back home, I'll try it. In a year. See if it returns. Yeah. I'm gonna Remind send me to sell right now, but I'll put delay send on it, and then a year yeah. from now, when you live in Canada again, December 2023. Yeah, I'll send you a postcard from Calgary. I would love a postcard from Spain. Okay. Yes. Give me your address. <laughs> okay. I'll I'll, I, I'd actually love to send you one because yeah, I'll give it to you. There's so many places that sell postcards here. Obviously, it's like I would love a postcard. Card. That'd be fun. Okay, I'll send you, I'll send you a postcard. Then. Yeah. Oh, that would be so fun. Okay, let's exchange postcards. Okay. Okay. Today we are talking about the ever-awaited, <laughs> so famous, Terry Soto is Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid, our queen. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, queen. we are on the bandwagon. We are. Yeah, we are. We are. I, I can't deny it. She is a literary genius of our time. She's yeah. very, very good. Like... She's created a whole world, a whole historical fiction world that interconnects. Yes. And if you haven't read any other Taylor Jenkins Reid books, you probably should because you'd be pleasantly surprised. I mean, if you're if you've read Carrie Soto's back, you might have already read like Yeah, you probably have dabbled. Yeah, or Malibu Rising. I feel like her marketing team is so good. The covers of her books are always so good. Yeah, the cover of this one is gorgeous. Yes. I think I, I was the first one to read this one. Yeah, I was I didn't even realize that was a library copy. That one looks pristine. It's a library copy, oh but gosh. it's from I think they ordered more because I was on the list for this one because it came out last summer. I was on the list yeah. for a long time. Like obviously yeah. it's like june or july and i put it on the i put myself on the list before it had been even released really and you just got it mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> oh i know gosh. it's so but this one is like they stamp it like when they enter it into the library system and it was december mm -hmm. of 22 so i think i was the first person to get right. this copy because the copy is like <gasps> i love when that happens it's like wow you ordered this just for me just for me I mean, that's the best Taylor Jenkins. Reading. Yeah, because um, a million people are probably waiting for it. Yeah, which I, I should I return it, happens. but I wanted to have it for the, for the recording. No, I, you, you need to keep it for the recording. Yeah, I wish I still had my copy. Proud moment in my book influencer career. I got a advanced review copy of this. Oh book. yeah, you did of this book. That's mm -hmm. huge. that's a big book to get. I know, and I was um, so if. If you're not familiar, there's a website called NetGalley and you can request um, advanced reader copies if you have like a blog or somewhere where you review books or are a librarian or a bookseller, anything like that. So I've been on NetGalley for about a year and I don't use it that frequently. Like I'm not a big NetGalley reviewer because I mostly read books that are already out, but there are like a lot of books on there you can choose. And I requested this book just like okay I'm just gonna request it because I really want to read it and I got approved and I was like amazing no freaking way they said micro influencers so, yeah they were like everyone can have access to this book get it so I was like yes so yeah I did read it before it came out and I knew it was gonna be good I was excited to have had access to that book uh we're gonna give a little bio for TJR for those who may not know she is an American author. She first began her career in film and she worked as a casting assistant. And then she got a book deal when she was 24 and she's currently 39. Her debut novel was Forever Interrupted. And she also wrote on a Hulu television show that I think right now she's primarily writing her novels. She currently lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Alex, and her daughter, and they have a squirrel, apparently, which is really cute. What? A squirrel? <laughs> yeah. That is cute. She has written eight novels. I have read seven of the eight, and there was only one that I didn't like, and I don't remember which one it was, but the first four books that she wrote were, like, romance novels, 
And then the last four are where we start to see the like TJR universe that people talk about. Mm -hmm. So the TJR universe is set in between the 60s and the 90s. Mm -hmm. And it follows, she has written now four books in the TJR universe. The first one was The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. The second one was Daisy Jones and the Six. The third one was Malibu Rising. And then the fourth one is now Carrie Soto is back. They are all incredible. We will probably Mm -hmm. do episodes on some of them in the future because I would love to talk about some of those other books. But this one was her most recent one. And she is, she wins Goodreads Awards. Every year, I swear. Every year. So for- I think everyone has- yeah, every, every single one, one has... except for Evelyn Hugo. So she's won what? The, Goodreads, really? the Goodreads Choice Awards for Best Historical Fiction. 2019, she won for Daisy Jones. 2021, she won for Malibu Rising. And then 2022, she went, she won for Carrie Soto is Back. Yeah. It's just unfair to all the other authors, honestly. Like, I know. She, and she wins by so many votes. Like, yeah. even the last year, she won. Because Carrie, yeah, she won Carrie Soto's Back, um, the Goodreads choice award in historical fiction but it was by so many votes let me see this she she really does get get the girlies going yeah and it makes sense okay she was so carrie soto's back won by 100,745 votes and lessons in chemistry by bonnie garmis which i also want to read uh was that also historical fiction yeah, so that, like, it's funny because I saw a little blurb about it because everyone kind of thinks it's a romance because of the t- the cover art. Yeah, I thought it was. But it's the same. So I thought it was romance. I mean, not that I don't um, like romance, but it's just not the first thing I gravitate towards. Yeah. That's TJR. Her writing is very, very good. Very, she pulls you in. And then with this little mm-hmm. universe, you don't need to have read any of the other books to understand them. They're not, like, sequels or anything, but... Mm-hmm. she writes characters into different books but they're just glimpses of the characters. Yes. so carrie soto is back was in or carrie soto not is back carrie soto was in malibu rising mm-hmm. briefly and it was cool that the way that oh, i'm getting into it now but the way that she was described I in know. malibu rising is exactly how she was in this book yes but then in this book you got yeah. to like obviously learn more about her so yeah 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 that's no that she is uh what a what a genius like and i think she's the only person that that writes historical fiction that has like actually intertwined characters in the sense where it adds up like yes it makes sense where they are because they're all it's like all celebrities or famous people but yeah because it's all kind of in different sectors yes totally but yeah, I'll give a little synopsis of Carrie Soto is back. It takes place in primarily in the 90s, but you go back to the 70s and 80s a little bit as well in the beginning. Um, it is a book about tennis, but it is a lot more than tennis. I like to tell people Carrie is an all-star tennis player. She's like shattering world records and she's claimed 20 Grand Slam titles and she has worked really hard to get here she has a very headstrong attitude and she's not really the typical athlete or female athlete at the time people describe her as kind of rude and not very warm but she is an athlete that has worked really hard to get where she is her father Javier is her coach and he used to be a tennis player as well but stopped playing tennis because he got injured and just became the coach for Carrie. So she does take a break, um, a six-year retirement, and she finds herself, and this is now taking place in the 90s, and she's in the U.S. Open watching her record being taken by another player, Nikki Chan. So Carrie decides to make a decision to come out of retirement to be coached by her father again in attempt to reclaim her record. And yeah, that is kind of the synopsis of the book. It's really tennis forward, but I don't know. I didn't know anything about tennis reading this book. And I feel like you don't need you don't need to know anything about tennis because you will read enough about it in the book to understand what's going on. However, there's a lot more to it. Mm-hmm. 
like you don't need to be a fan of sports even well I guess I said at the beginning of this podcast I'm not a sports person no me either (laughs) okay so this book on goodreads was rated 4.26 which is quite high actually for rating Mm -hmm. Uh, makes sense because it was a goodreads choice winner Liv what did you rate it I rated it a five yeah five out of five Uh, along with yeah (laughs) I think almost every book I read by her I've given five but this one was a five Mm -hmm. but yeah I did rate it a five as well because yeah, I I don't know. I thought it was so good. And I think there was another, oh yeah, one of Taylor Jenkins Reid's book that I wasn't a big fan of. Or no, I actually, I shouldn't say that. I really liked it, but it wasn't my favorite was Malibu Rising. Um, and Carrie Soto actually makes her debut in that book, mm-hmm. which is funny. So the way she is portrayed in Malibu Rising, I feel like is so, yeah, you said it earlier. Like it just. Yeah, like. She's she's described in the book by newscasters as being bitchy and she kind of is like when she says and it's all from her perspective. No, it's it's a first person narrative. And like, yeah, you don't like her. Like she's a bitch. She's so mean. She's very type A, all about herself, which if I think the whole purpose of this book is that if she were a male player, Mm -hmm. there would be no discussion. About her behavior. Yeah. It's because she mm-hmm. was a woman athlete. Yes. So I think that is a very important distinction to make right off the bat, like right off the top, is that so much of the discourse around this that was underlying the whole book, which is brilliant that TJR did this, but it was never mm-hmm. really addressed outright, but it didn't need to be. Like we could all see it bubbling below the surface was like this whole mm-hmm. thing of gender and even talking about the way that the newscasters would talk about her and the way that the women newscasters would be like, well, mm-hmm. I don't think so. And then there'd be the male newscasters and they'd be like, yeah, like, oh, she's a bitch. She's so mean. She doesn't smile. She doesn't whatever. So I think that that was a very cool underlying of the book. I think that's probably one of my favorite parts is just like mm-hmm. those tensions and then to see them happening in the 70s 80s 90s was very cool yes yeah and there was like kind of a shit well it was because she was a player in so many decades I guess yeah like there you see the shifts of each decade of like how women should be in sport and how women are kind of portrayed in the media but there's always that underlying thing of because of Carrie's personality she's never respected as much as the other tennis players that are like a bit more coy and a bit more like they're more glamorous and they're blonde and they're beautiful and Carrie is like just different in Mm -hmm. her own way she's Latina yes and she is Latina which I guess TJR was receiving some backlash about that yeah um I thought maybe TJR was like kind of Latina And then I found out she wasn't. So that's like one part of this book that I'm a little like iffy about is like, should she have written a story about someone who's maybe not her race or identity? Mm -hmm. But I do think maybe because she was getting so much backlash about not having characters that are of color that maybe she decided, okay, like, why don't I? So yeah. Yeah. She definitely addresses it too in the book of like, there's a part where, so Nikki Chan is the um, the player that is taking her records and there's a t- there's a p- part of the book where Nikki and Carrie sit in a bar and have a drink together and they're they are talking about like and Nikki is kind of being like don't you realize that I had to do this and mm-hmm. like as an Asian American player and this is like you made it possible for me to do this but you also don't realize how much harder it is for me and like I think that that was very interesting I found that mm-hmm. this book had like I was reading it and I was like obviously it's an incredible book captivating the content the I I couldn't stop reading it I needed to know if she was going to win the next match like that kind of thing yes but at the same time I was like is this not just the story of Serena Williams like there were times that I was like there's this is obviously based on something like Serena Williams Serena and Venus Williams both had their dad coach them it veered very quickly away from that like Venus and Serena have a very different story Mm -hmm. but then I was thinking about Naomi Osaka yes yeah a a black and Asian American player and so I was thinking like there's definitely comparisons to the real tennis world and tennis is historically a white sport like Mm -hmm. it is country club it's a rich sport it is a white sport and and Venus Mm -hmm. and Serena obviously made a huge dent in the sport so it was it was interesting that she took that toll that 
that aspect of the story. I think it's important. I think it should have happened. I do understand where people are coming from saying that she shouldn't necessarily have written from the like written a story about a Latina woman when she doesn't know that experience. Yeah. I also didn't love the the Spanish in the book. And that's not because I, it's not because I don't know Spanish. It was very easy to infer from context clues what they were saying. But I kind of was like, "Mm, eh." like, why, why did you, is it going a little far? Like, is it, is it, I don't know, but that's just, I don't, I don't know as a, as a white person, I cannot say, um, I cannot speak to that experience. So I definitely just trust and, and I'm listening to other, if there are South American or Latina people that are saying like yo this wasn't cool yeah i i totally understand where they're coming from so yes Uh, i agree i do think the spanish was a bit like obviously you can google what it's saying and stuff but i think it was a bit of i I was kind of shocked by it i was like oh okay yeah because i i understood that she was latina but it wasn't i i thought not not that it's like an afterthought but especially with an author who isn't latina it was just kind of like a okay we're gonna add this in to like really hone in that she's latina it's like, okay, yeah and there well. was also nothing else about about yeah that i think the premise of the story is like really cool though yes yeah i think so too the whole reason it was written mm-hmm. and also i do want to add like the thing i think i love the most about this book because taylor jenkins read there's always like a romance in all all of her books like it i feel like it always revolves about around romance um, or like a drama between a romance, something like that. But this is the first book that you read where romance is like a bit of an afterthought. Mm-hmm. There is a bit of romance in the book. However, it's not the main part, which I loved. Oh. And it's not like the, you're not waiting to see what happens at the end because of the romance. And I think if you've read Malibu Rising, you know kind of what's going to happen because... Carrie Soto is a big part in Malibu Rising because of a romance mm-hmm. in Malibu Rising. So it's not really a spoiler, I guess, what happens, but it's not as big as I thought it would be, which I liked. Yeah, it's definitely, I think that's something that I really appreciate about TJR's books, especially the ones in this universe, is that mm-hmm. all of the main characters, so Daisy, Evelyn, Carrie... And then Nina is the main character of Malibu Rising. Mm-hmm. None of them compromise who they are for men. Yeah. Or in Evelyn's case, for women yeah. as well. So I think mm-hmm. that there's that is something that I really appreciated about the book is she was not going to compromise her athleticism. She was not going to compromise winning. Mm-hmm. It was more of like, no, these women are who they are. They're not changing themselves for men. It's not the story doesn't revolve around the men in their lives, the men are just in their lives. Mm-hmm. Which I think is how act the actual world works. Like that's actually yeah. how relationships work. And so yeah. in books, a lot of the time and romances, yes, I love romances because I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a romantic at heart, but they're not realistic because, and a lot of the time, not all of the time, but especially in straight relationships, women are the ones that have to compromise and, Carrie does not do that. She just doesn't yes. do it. And she resists and she resists. And she, even with the sports casters, even with the way that she presents herself in, in the sport, she doesn't let it happen, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely a part of the book where Carrie Soto just begins to change. And this is where yes. you start to see her humanity. Mm-hmm. And you start to like her a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to talk about that a little bit? So there is a part in the book where, well, actually, I should talk about her relationship with her father. So her <laughs> father was her coach growing up. So he was a tennis player. Also, I was going to say, is Carrie Soto a Nepo baby? Okay, but he didn't coach anyone else. And he was That's never, true. And he was and never. he wasn't like a star himself. No, he was, much. he was never a, like, I don't think he played pro, but not at a, crazy level yeah he never coach anyone else except for Bo later in the book but that's yes yeah so I yeah, think so. so yeah so you kind of see Carrie starting to change a bit because her and her father have this strained relationship because she decides to not be coached by her father anymore because they get into a huge fight but he gets sick 
And please remind me, is Bo being coached by him already? Yeah. Okay, obviously, because... Like- not, like, not officially coached by him, but Bo becomes Carrie's hitter mm-hmm. oh, so yes. that they can play together. And then by Bo doing that, Bo starts to get better. And Carrie is like, do you accept a little bit? Can I give you a little bit of advice about your game? And then Javier, mm-hmm. like, can I give you a little advice about your game yes and then they start to kind of coach him but it's not until later i think that he like is officially coaching him but he's not ever officially coaching him they're just yeah they're kind of just practicing together right 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 so so yes but but yes yeah yeah okay okay so we do see like yeah carrie's character changes because her dad has a heart attack and i guess she kind of sees like this is my father, this is my family. And I don't know, I like I I feel like in a lot of books I don't really get that emotional, but the it it's almost like you see their whole like you go flashbacks between her whole childhood with him. They work so closely together, but it's like that parent relationship where it's like you're so close and you almost get not tired of your parent, but you're not you take them for granted. Mm-hmm. But then when something like that happens, like your parent gets sick or they have a heart attack, it changes everything. Yeah, And yeah, you really see her character change and she becomes a bit more soft, I guess. Like you see her yeah. more human. Yeah, there's a point where like her humility, like she definitely has a huge ego, which mm-hmm. is fair to have. She was one of the best tennis players of her time. And then she definitely has this turning point of like, when she goes back and she starts um, training with her dad, I think that's when she starts to like actually appreciate him. Because I think when she was playing, mm-hmm. she she played with her dad. And then at a certain point, she fired her dad as coach. And then she hired a new coach. And then her and her father like didn't talk. Yeah, they didn't talk at all. And then I think that they started, she had like a knee surgery. She had a knee injury. She, she stopped playing. That's how she retired. And then when she came back, she was like, dad, I want you to coach me. And then yeah. I think that that's where she's, you start to see her like unfold and like her dad's giving her these criticisms and she's resistant to them, but starts to see that he's actually like really right about her game. Mm-hmm. And then he has a heart attack right before Wimbledon, which is her best terrain. Wimbledon's a grass mm-hmm. court. Right. Other yes. than a uh, clay or a... Oh, yes, clay. What's the other one? Like concrete. There's four yes. different types of courts. Right, but yes. She's really good on grass. And he can't come with her to France because... Mm-hmm. Or not France. Wimbledon's in England. Yeah. I think it's England. Like, she uh, can't yes, go with yes, yes. And so she goes there alone. And I think that's when she starts to, like, you really start to see her character, like, break down and be okay with accepting that maybe she, her time is behind her and, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so she wins Wimbledon. Yes. Which is, her father is not there, but she, like, has to be okay with her father not being there. And Mm -hmm. then she beats Cortez, and she says at the end of Wimbledon, which there are four big matches, and this is the third of four. And she needs to win two, I think, to beat Nikki Chan's record and get her record back. And then mm-hmm. she says she wins, and she whatever. And then at the end of her winning, she says, I cannot hear anything as clearly as the sound of my own voice begging me, let this be enough. Which I think just speaks to, like, she just wanted validation. And, like, mm-hmm. humans just want to feel valid. And I think that when you're an athlete that competitive in tennis, which is like, there's only ever one winner among 160 people every tournament. Like, yeah. the fact that she said in her third one, like, let this be enough. Like, you're wondering, like, enough for who? For yeah. you? For people to respect you? For people to, like, for you to prove yourself? Like, for your dad? Like, wh- like what What was that enoughness about? Which yeah. I liked. And then she goes to the U.S. Open and her dad dies. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Her dad dies. Right. Yeah. That was... I remember reading it and I was like, after he had his heart attack, I'm like, she better not kill off the dad. Oh. <laughs> and then I'm like... And then I would like... I'm about to be very disappointed. So I kept reading. And of course, yeah, he doesn't make it. And I was just like, you did not do that. You did not just do that. Yeah. So he he dies. And then she goes 
a few weeks go by and then she goes and she finds a little book that her dad yeah. written. So her oh, dad yeah. wrote down like every player exactly how Carrie would beat them and like what technique she needed to employ. Yes. Um, yes. And then Nikki Chan had like half the book was on Nikki Chan, who's like her ultimate opponent. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah. And that little book was like, oh my God, I was crying. I know it's, it's it's so cute because it's like, she didn't even know about it before. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, you see how much dedication that her father had to coaching her. And like, he cared so much about her goal too. I don't know. It's just so, it's just such a sweet story because like, I don't know typically like professional athletes like your coach isn't your dad and like just seeing like they had such a turbulent time in their relationship and then like how it ended oh yeah it was really that part ended I guess yeah Yeah. so doesn't she use and then she uses the book to kind of study how she's going to beat Nikki Chan because this is like her kind of final because she's getting old at this point. She's like, I can't, my body's breaking down. I can't really play professionally. But if I beat Nikki Chan, like this will be everything. Like this will be, I'll be the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And that's everything. But then, then it happens. Then what happens at the US Open? At the US Open, they play this crazy game. Um, They're tying, they're in tiebreakers. They're mm-hmm. in, it's like super, super long. And she's killing it like and then it gets to like match point and she loses she loses yeah. to Nikki, and she is she's like okay with it like she said there was a certain point in the game where she goes like this is fun like I forgot how fun this is yeah and, and it's almost like she remembered why she loved tennis in the first place like it doesn't yeah. have to be about winning or <clears throat> competing like it's just about the love for the sport I think if you've ever been like I used to be a competitive figure skater and I think when I was a bit older and I like started hating the sport because I had done it for so long and I felt like it take took over my life like at that moment like I, I thought back to those times when I was reading this book and I was like it's so true like when you kind of get out of that competitive and you just like go back to doing the sport that you love like when I've skated now I love it like I, I love doing it but bef- I remember when I was younger like when I was a teenager and I was like I can't do this sport anymore like it, it's too much it's taking over my life but then when you just remember like I did this because I loved it yeah it's just so different mm-hmm. yeah she just loved it and then oh I think another part of it was that she felt like she had met her match yes I think yeah. that a hard part for her was that she was seeing all these people win, but she knew that she could beat them. Yeah. Like she knew that they were better than – that she was better than them, and so that was hard for her to watch. But with mm-hmm. Nikki, when Nikki beat her, she finally was like, I just played an amazing tennis game where I was actually challenged and where, like, she was like, Nikki played the best of her life as well. Yeah. Like, so they kind of brought each other up to this level that they'd never been mm-hmm. up before. Yeah, and yeah. then she ends up coaching Nikki. She ends up being Nikki. Yeah. Oh, that was, I think that was like my favorite part. I know it's at the very end too, but that's like my favorite part of the book because it's like, like imagine that happening. It's like you're being coached by your greatest opponent and also like someone you looked up to for so long and then Carrie herself like kind of humbles herself a bit to be like, you know what? Like we can make this work for both of us and be happy. Yeah. Like, oh, I love that. Nikki Chan and Carrie Soto. (laughs) I know. I was kind of thinking, though, like, to be honest, I was thinking that they were going to fall in love. (gasps) Nikki and Carrie? (laughs) Oh. I was like, there's going to be a twist and they're going to be, like, falling in love and stuff. But I was like, no, actually, it's probably better that they just became, like, a coaching relationship. Yeah. Have been a weird ending, but... Fanfic I, ending. Fanfic ending. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Someone write. <laughs> okay. What did you think about the writing style in that it was kind of like per game? Mm-hmm. And then in between they would have like sports 
Like, I think this is what TJR does oh, so Oh, well, yeah. Is that she really immerses you into this because then you're reading the columns that are about her and, like, the yes the are about her. And so you kind of get, like, really immersed into the world of the way that yes. the public is perceiving her as well. Yeah, I think... Well, and now that we did, like, the bio of TJR, I'm like, oh, okay, this makes so much sense because she has a background in film. Like, she's so good at kind of mixing media in a sense where you get the whole picture. Like, she does in the interviews and, like, the, yeah, the news columns. You see what is actually being posted, posted, <laughs> actually being written about her in media and... I think that gives a better picture than like a character saying like, oh, you're, you suck. You're mean. Like, yeah, it's, it really immerses you almost in like a movie. Like you feel like whenever you read a TJR novel, you feel like you're in a movie. Yeah. Like, you can, you can really, you can, you can see, see it. it. And and I love how, especially with the matches, it was each chapter was like a different match. And I like that because I would have gotten lost. I would have been like, I don't know where I am. Are they playing? Are they... The fact that they, she had the match as like the title of the chapter and then you read it and the year. And I was, and I think that helps people who don't understand tennis. So mm -hmm. most of the people that... Like, I think most reviews that I've read of this book, people say, I don't know a thing about tennis. I don't care for sports at all. But when I read this book, I was so invested in it. Because it just has enough tennis to be a topic that's not like literary or something. But it's kind of like tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow mm -hmm. where they use video games in that book. But this book just used tennis and it's like so much more than tennis. There's like so many themes. And yeah, I thought yeah. that was really cool. I wanted to say that I was reading this book and then I was getting obsessed with tennis. And then there's a new show on Netflix. I love a sport documentary, mm -hmm. but I, I like individual sports. I don't like, I don't like team sports. So I like the Olympics. Yeah. Like I fucking love the Olympics. I love the Olympics. I die for the Olympics for the solo. For solo sports. Independent <laughs> sports. Yeah. I don't love a team sport. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm not into team sports and like, I mean, right. going to a game live is one thing, but like, yeah, Olympics, I love the solo sports. Like skiing snowboarding figure yeah. skating yeah um tennis yeah I guess tennis yeah. is one so I also watched um I've watched some of drive to survive which is on Netflix which is about f1 oh which, yes I mean that's a whole other conversation about f1 mm -hmm, but yeah <laughs> um this there's a new one that's like a done similar style to f1 that's called breakpoint and oh, it's I've seen that about it was about the 2022 season and i as i'm reading harry soto the internet is listening to me because i don't know how this tennis show was the first thing on my netflix like they knew i was reading harry soto and talking about tennis yeah they're and watching I, you uh, at that point oh my god literally like i was like i'm reading a book how do you even know i guess because <laughs> knows that i'm reading that book and then mm, it, my eye is like tennis so it gave me this tennis documentary and then i inhaled the tennis documentary and then i watched another tennis documentary and then i watched the movie about billy jean king uh battle of the sexes with emma stone oh my god okay so i got really into tennis <laughs> from this wow book. okay i need to like re or i need to watch a tennis documentary because and you also watched king richard oh i watched king richard yeah a few months ago i really liked that movie Okay, I want to watch yeah. that one as well because I heard that one's really good. It was a really yeah, good one. I'm like, well, at like for a brief moment, I was like super into tennis. I'm like, I'm going to buy a tennis skirt and like style it into my everyday life. And I'm going to like <laughs> buy little tennis shoes, but I never did. Um, but I think it's it's such a fascinating sport because it's so, I've tried to play tennis and it's so hard. I can't, I can't do it. Like I was... Like, me and my friend Emily were trying to, like, rally. And I was exhausted after, like, 10 minutes. Yeah. I'm like, how do how do they do this? And, like, hitting the ball, I'm like, no wonder people are, like, grunting and groaning. Like, it's so hard to hit. It's actually heavy. And they, they serve the ball, like, 100 miles an hour. Yeah. I Crazy. It's incredible. Like, they have strong arms. Yeah. The part that I liked about this book, especially about the tennis part, was that she must have done so much research yeah I was oh yeah about this while I was reading it I was like how do you know like 
I mean, maybe she's just a huge tennis fan. That could also be possible. But she knew, like, obviously all the slang and all of the um, the different types of dives and the different techniques. And listen, I don't know if any of it's accurate or real because I'm obviously not a tennis person. If anyone yeah. is, let us know. But I just thought that she described it really well. And she described it to someone who obviously neither of us know anything about the sport. And I was yeah. somehow captivated. So I think it's a testament to TJR's commitment to doing research. Mm-hmm. Commitment to like a character and a world, like and a world and a world just to like keep up with the consistency with even the eras that she's writing in is incredible. And mm-hmm. also, yeah, the commitment to research. I also thought the same thing because you'd have to hire someone to help you with that. Oh yeah. Or oh, she probably have to yeah yeah she (laughs) especially by now she probably has a team like she also wrote it like it came out a year after Malibu Rising yeah I know I'm oh okay actually one thing I wanted to ask you Mm -hmm. who do you think is going to be the next main character of the TJR universe oh my god I don't even know I'm my mind is like I know like right now thinking I know I don't know that's a hard question what do you think do you have a hypothesis I do. I think Taylor Jenkins Reid is going to do something with Cecilia St. James. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. I haven't read Seven Husbands. husbands. It's one of the husbands. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually the love interest of Evelyn Hugo, you find out at the very end, who is a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's all I'll say because you have to read the book. But I think there's going to be a book on her, but it's going to be like relating to Seven Husbands, but in a way that they don't have to read the book Seven Husbands and be spoiled by it. But it's hard. Yeah, that's what she does so well is they're always just like a fringe character that pops in. Like Mm -hmm. she did it so well in this book and she did it early Mm -hmm. where she, Carrie was like, I was reading the biography of Daisy Jones in the six, the band yes. in the 60s. And it was like in the 80s that she was saying this. So like obviously enough time had gone by that someone had written a biography about this this band. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I couldn't. I, I, I was, know. I'm like, how do you do that? How did she do that? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like looking forward to who's going to be next. Yeah. Because I'm, I, I, yeah, I kept trying, even when I was reading this one, I'm like, okay, who's going to pop up, like, in the book? Because I feel like Nikki Chan would be good, but then you'd have to do another tennis book, which I don't Maybe think. another tennis book. I know, I was thinking about that, too. Is it going to be a character from an other, an old book, or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe. <gasps> oh, her, her, her assistant, Gwen. Oh, she tells her assistant Gwen to retire and then Gwen does retire. So maybe it's about Gwen. That would be really tiring because Gwen's like, oh, I'm going to retire. I'm going to travel the world. Maybe it's about that. I don't know. That's 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 uh, that's crazy. But I was just thinking who's in the book that's not a tennis player that could Uh like that it could be connected, but then a whole other world. And that. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, I'm like looking forward to see because there's no spoilers yet or like because I know when Carrie Soto like this like the first reveal came out it was like quite a while ago so I wonder how long it's gonna take or is she gonna write another romance book or like no I think she's gonna keep on this universe no yeah she should keep writing this until she can yeah until every character has its own book (laughs) the other thing that I oh that's what I wanted to say also Taylor Jenkins Reid wrote so forever interrupted is is her was her very first book and it also it wasn't in the same world but it had a connection because it was also set in LA and on her first date with her husband in the in the in the book one of her oh first, yeah 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 the main characters her husband when they went on their first date you like go through their their beginning of their lives did you you read it yes yeah yeah they drove out to Malibu and ate at a taco place oh I remember this okay yes and, I, and the that taco was... place wasn't the same place that Nina's family no not nina Who yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Nina's family. Family. it wasn't that but i think that there was a part where they were like oh uh she was like oh i'm looking across at the you could see all the surfers and i was like in your very yes. okay 
you put that and then you thought about that like how many years later like you probably she probably already had a few ideas for books but mm-hmm. I just Brilliant. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, no, I remember I was reading it and there was that connection to Malibu Rising, I think, because yeah, it was like because I think I maybe thought that like place they were eating was the mm-hmm. kind of related it, but, but that also makes sense because I think it was just yeah. surfing and I was like, oh yeah. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. I think it's really cool how she does that. And I'm excited to see what's next because I'm gonna read that right away. Oh, I'll pre-order it. Oh my god, I'm gonna get on Neck Galley. We have yes, <gasps> yes. Well, yep. especially now that we've given her this big of a shout out. Oh my god, gonna have to approve us for the next one. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on Carrie Soto is back? No, just that you have to read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a quick read. It's quite easy. I feel like her her writing is just so easy to read, and even if you don't like, even if you haven't read anything from her or you don't know anything about tennis like this is actually quite a digestible read and yeah it's very enjoyable yeah it was very enjoyable well and we've spoiled it for you well too bad you can read it now yeah (laughs) maybe it'll become a movie I always thought that her books would be great movies I'm I Daisy Jones and the Six is turning into a show I know that for sure it's already been filmed I don't mm-hmm. know about the other ones, but I think that they definitely yeah, could, the ones. could be. That would also be something. such a great. Well, and she has connections in like the TV yeah. world. So I'm sure the other ones, because then they'd have the same actors for certain people. Like that would be so cool. I love cameos and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. That just got me so excited. <laughs> I know. I feel like they really should do Evelyn Hugo. Even though I know that we talked a few a few episodes about Go in our first episode about how we feel about tv and shows made of books but for these ones they're just so like they should be like you you picture it as a movie Mm -hmm. but that being said that's why i'm kind of like i'm interested to see how daisy jones is gonna be yeah but the cast is really good so yeah the cast looks crazy and they recorded all of the songs like (gasps) in in the book they actually recorded them Okay, we should do an episode on Daisy Jones. I don't know. We I want to. I want to listen to the audiobook of that one because apparently the audiobook is amazing. Oh, really? And I read the book, so we should. Well, okay, we have a lot of other books to do first. We don't necessarily need to do all the TJR books, but mm-hmm. if you want a review of any of the other TJR books, please let us know. Yes, please let and us know. We will put it on our list, but so far, or any other books that you want yeah anything else we have a a few coming out but then other than that we just have a growing list Mm -hmm. there's so many books we could talk about (laughs) literally thousands yeah millions well yeah yeah millions there's a lot of books okay it was nice chatting with you as always yeah as always it was a pleasure we will (laughs) catch you guys next time thank you for listening okay Okay, well, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Best I've Ever Read podcast with Kim and Liv. You can find us on Instagram at bestreadpodcast. Email us at bestreadpodcast at gmail.com. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bestreadpodcast. We would love your support. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week.